What does it take to get beyond the damage of words? I'm Katrina Collier. Join me each week as I explore what it takes to step into a happier future. My guests are sharing their stories of when they realized that they needed help and what it took to take that first step so that you leave inspired and maybe even start on your own path to self-love, care, compassion, and of course, happiness. So without further ado, let's hear their stories. (laughs) Sophie Power, oh, what a delight. Welcome to Beyond the Damage of Words podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. How are you this time, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Super excited to be here and thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being, I don't know, open enough to talk about these things that are too hidden too often. So, of course, I'm launching straight into this with everybody. And my opening question has to be all the time, like, what led you to start healing? Like, what led you onto that path to go, I need to do something? Yeah, definitely. I think... I just launch in. I think we just get on with it. Yeah, why not? Let's just jump right in. (laughs) Quite. Um, Sure. So... Typically, always been a very happy-go-lucky, optimistic, glass half full, energetic person. Gorgeous. Ever since I was a kid. Um, Thank Mm -hmm. you. Um, You know, if you asked me as a child what my favorite color was, I would say rainbow. Um, Love it. (laughs) Oh my god, love it. I was thinking like yellow or something. Yeah, typical, (laughs) typical Libra. I couldn't decide, so I chose all of them. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that, that gives you kind of paints a picture, um, you know, of the kind of person that I, I, you know, was still am, um, and, uh, you know, working on reclaiming even more so, but yeah. what led me to healing is, um, in 2017, um, I experienced quite a, a serious traumatic event, yeah. Um uh, you know, long way past it now and and you know I'm I'm safe and and that's the main thing, but it it was pretty 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 horrific. Um mm. to put it mildly and understandably definitely the correct word. Mm, mm, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to talk about it though. No. It's far too private, but yeah. It's yeah. something um, that I hope that no listener ever experiences. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, But yeah, after that, I understandably uh, developed quite severe post-traumatic stress disorder. It was unlike anything I'd ever experienced, you know, being in my mind as as typically for most of my life been a very, you know, quite a fun place to be. Um, You know, I go, you know, like all human beings, I went through, you know, rubbish periods in my life you know breakups and you know bad days at work and all the normal stuff um bad dates dates, to be honest they're just they're just funny but you know they just make fun anecdotes um I try you know and and that's that's my philosophy you know a lot of the bad stuff I just see as you know just great if I ever decide to become a stand-up comedian I've got lots of material um there is that yes I can see you doing that so oh, my therapist said the same thing. <laughs> she's heard she's heard most of my good material, so she would know. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I haven't yet. <laughs> there we go. Anyone has a stage, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so 
with PTSD, uh, it was the, probably the first time in my life where being in my mind for a long time, a long mm-hmm. stretch of time was a horrible place to be. Um, you know, I was at times hallucinating, um, uh, you know, proper shell shock type stuff. Um, I was self-medicating. Do you relive it as well? Is it yeah. kind of on repeat? Yeah. Which- yeah, it was, it was sort of, it could be triggered by all sorts of things. Um, the traumatic event happened while I was commuting. So every time I went to work, I retraced my steps, basically. Um, this was 2017. So long before the world of, of working from home, which would have mm. really helped me a lot back then. Um, mm. And, um, you know, I, oh, it might have provided too much of an escape. You could have withdrawn from the mm, world fully, though. Yeah, I certainly did that. Um, uh, you know, sort of when you know, just before I got to the point where I was like, let's move towards healing and what do I need to do mm-hmm. to get there? But, you know, I self-medicated like a lot of people um, with PTSD, with alcohol, uh, binge eating for me, I gained heaps of weight very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. One minute, you know, I, uh, you know, and again, I'd always been a very, uh, you know, always been a very athletic uh, young woman, um, you know, swimming, gymming, weightlifting, things I love. Um you know, I'd swim like 10k a week. I just completely stopped doing all of it. Um, and uh, in the space of about six months, I didn't even recognize myself. Um, and uh, you were hiding, weren't you? It yeah. Was like, uh, if I withdraw, I physically, can't, uh, you know, through eating for comfort and gaining weight, mm-hmm. it was like putting on a, a disguise. Um, an you know, an armor. Um, you know, I. Uh, felt like I wanted to be invisible and and through weight gain I felt like I became it and I think anybody uh, who for whatever reason has, has sort of gone on that you know sort of that experience of gaining a lot of weight through injury whatever uh, illness you know however um they probably will understand that feeling um but I I at the time I really liked it um I liked being invisible um because I wanted mm. to just hide from the world which is so unlike me um and also I wouldn't sleep I'd go a whole week with maybe a couple of hours like I'd nap here and oh there my gosh. and it was wild like the lack of sleep the, the the PTSD all of that it was horrible um I think as well probably giving away a little bit of the nature of of what happened to me by saying this but as it was bad enough that the thing happened and that was hard the court of public opinion um, around the people that knew what happened and the things that were said to and about me around what happened were equally as hard. Um, and when we talk about the damage of words, that's the first thing I think of were the words and the the narrative that was was put to me um, during that really traumatic time. Um, People's inability to be kind and compassionate and then just they're the way they can project their self-loathing onto other people at times of need is seriously mind-blowing. And I just hope so much by, you know, people like yourself who are being so brave to share your story and to open up that people will just take, just go, no, enough. Like I'm doing that. Like I'm one of those people. I've done that, that I'm going to go and seek help and I'm going to stop because it's such a shift, isn't it, when you get through it. Oh, massively. Yeah. And I think... It's God, probably it's a, to hear that. My heart's just like, I feel like I've just been stabbed in the heart. People it's, are just awful. It's interesting because it's be. a lot of a lot of women who would probably to this back then and to this day call themselves feminists, but 
Mm. Being a woman does not make you a feminist. It does not make you a no, sister. It does not. Um, absolutely not. And I can, you know, even just talking about it, I feel my heart rate going up. So, yeah. Towards the end of 2017, um, the, um, you know, I decided enough was enough. I'd hit, you know, I'd hit my kind of bottom point. Um, and there was one weekend where I locked myself in my flat with my cat, um, put my headphones on and I spent the entire weekend listening to miserable music eating ice cream, drinking, shed loads of vodka, which I hate. I hate vodka. Vodka with Um, ice cream, even worse. I know, right? It's just an (laughs) awful combo. Um, So bad. And it's it's so interesting. Like, that is so far from who I am. Um, You know, there are no um, rainbows in that combination. There are no rainbows in that combination. And also, um, you know, my friends know me as a bit of a booze snob. Um, even as a yeah. even as a teenager, I'd be like, "Ew, no, I'm not drinking that. That's disgusting." Um, ew, ew, no, I'm not drinking that. That's disgusting wine. Um, and we'd be sat in a bloody skate park. Um. <laughs> I will not drink box wine. I will not. Is was that one of the things where you went like, "I've just hit rock bottom because I'm sitting here drinking vodka that I don't even like." Yeah, literally. Um, you know, it. Uh, yeah, basically, I was like. I was just so out of it and I realized I was kind of using using the alcohol and the eating just to dull the thoughts in my head like you know when I was drunk I I couldn't think about what was going on in my head um you know it was like opening a little back door um and climbing out um yeah which is why I was you know focusing on it yeah um I think oh sorry I was gonna say like so so you've you've hit that point yeah and you've gone, okay, I need to do something. How how did you go about doing something? Did you go, okay, I'm just going to find a therapist? No, probably not. But what happened? Like what was the next step that got you? Because I think the first step is the hardest step. Oh, definitely. Is this is just to encourage people to take one step. Yeah. So I, yeah, towards the end of 2017, I decided to take back control. Uh, it, it wasn't easy, um, uh, you know, the hardest battle you have to fight when you have things like this is with your own mind. Um, and I have a very strong mind, um, very, very strong mind. Um, mm. and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, but mm. when my mind is not in a good place, that is a very hard battle to fight against, uh, for mm. sure. So due to the nature of what happened, um, I was mm. limited in the type of help I was allowed to seek out. Um, I was, uh, you know, for a certain period of time allowed to take a, a limited number of NHS counselling sessions. So mm-hmm. I started with that. It was PTSD therapy. So I had mm-hmm. um, CBT, uh, which I'm not usually a huge fan of, truth be told. But yeah. what that did was it helped bring me out of the really active trauma um you know it helped me we sort of did a combination of uh, recounting and recounting and recounting the story to push my mind to file what was happening to me into past tense because one of the problems with PTSD Ah, is that your brain thinks that you're still in that moment which is why you hallucinate why you hear things why you feel things it's because your brain is struggling to file it in the right drawer um yeah wow so 
it was, you know, it was hard. It was hard. And actually after I had the, mm. those sessions, I I started to see just a little bit of cloud clearing, um, yeah. you know, as I, uh, you know, sort of felt that darkness. I felt just a little ray of light starting to peek through and I realized, right, mm. this isn't, this is the start. This isn't the end. I've got so much further to go to get back from, you know, horrible gray dark skies to sunshine and rainbows again. Rainbows. Um, yeah. Yes. So eventually, um, my journey uh, with the CPS uh, concluded, uh, which meant Mm -hmm. that I could go further, I could take it a step further. My, you know, my Google searches weren't being monitored by the police anymore, which was great. Uh, So I could actually start looking stuff up. Yeah, that's the thing. Interesting. Yeah. So you're as a victim, they monitor what you're searching. Oh, I guess yeah. to make sure you don't search how to kill the exploitation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. How or Google things like what to say in a court case, um, things like that. Oh, um, wow. I didn't know that. Because, yeah, it, oh. it is extremely, and people don't realize this. So it's, I think, there's no Some perfect. Some of the things that I've Googled for this book. Oh my goodness. I mean, if you put them all together, you'd be like, is she suicidal? <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. yeah, I know. I've, wow. I've Googled stuff before out of, uh, you know, I've been researching something, I've been writing, because uh, yeah. I'm also doing some writing at the moment. And, yeah, I know. I, I, uh, you know, you, you Google it and then you come up, uh, what comes up in the search is, <laughs> it's okay not to be okay. And the number for the yeah. Samaritans, and you're like, oh, I didn't mean it what like did that. I put okay. It? Oh, God. No. Okay. I'm no. going to reword it. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> Oh, I've done it too. Um, wow. Yeah, no, I really, I mean, I, I might send you my search history after this because it's really, really <laughs> funny and just makes no sense. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I keep taking your topic, which is really rude, but I feel like no. it just, uh, I no, just find that so really quite invasive. And yeah. I, but I understand what you're saying. And yeah. I guess in this modern world, I've been to court before this kind of modern world. So, yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's, it's something that, it made me kind of scared to even talk about it actually um you know and it made it hard for people close to me to understand because I had period um that that was three years um it was actually I think about eight nine months um so it was kind of which probably felt like years it felt yeah like a a never-ending epoch um it was horrific but gosh I, uh, you know, at the end of 2017, I got to the point where I, I wasn't hallucinating anymore, but I was still bloody miserable. Um, yeah. And, you know, I I just didn't give a, a damn, like, about myself. Mm. Like, I was going into work, like, you know, dressed like rubbish um, in a way that I'd never normally dress. Like, I, you know, I'm pretty casual, but I like to look nice. Yeah, but you um, still look fab. Thank you. I mean, you you're know, I've got my little my little pink shirt on today. Um, you I know, think and- I have the same t-shirt on I wore for the last podcast recording maybe I'll just wear oh. the same one all the time and then I don't have oh to nice nice <laughs> I will wash it but anyway of course so you weren't caring about yourself so yeah I wasn't taking step. care of myself and I think I sort of then just was like just get your head down with work focus on work um and let's let's get kind of the the Christmas and New Year season. I had a few like winter weddings to go to. Let's just go to them, keep your head down, smile, be nice, blah, blah, blah. Um, and see how you feel in the new year. And then when the new year came, um, you know, I came to the realization that there were quite a few people in my life that 
And this was step one, uh, well, step two, if you like, realizing quite a few people in my life were not helping me. Um, you know, the way that they spoke to me was re-traumatizing. The way that they spoke about me was, un, you know, unproductive and rude. Mm. Um, and I, I had, these were people that I had been friends with for a very long time. Mm. Um, I, I realized I had to break away from them and just be like, yeah. I, I need some space from you. Um, mm. where, you know, I don't wish you any ill, but I don't want you in my life anymore. You need yeah. to go. And, and that's hard because you need your community around you. I've often uh, talked in, in sort of my professional work about community and how important it is to me, mm. but it's the bloody right hard. The right community. Exactly. Mm. So thinking about like those. It, it evolves. It changes. I have had, yeah. I've also had people, and I talk about this in the book, that got on my bus for a period of time and then yeah. got off. Yeah, and I was going. Oh my god, you got off because I was quite shocked. Because sometimes they get become really close, really yeah. fast, and they go because they're there for a lesson or they're there to yeah. help you with some healing. And but it, you have to your core community has to be solid. Yeah, it does. It, changes, it does. It changes as you heal. When you move from yeah. victim to victor over and to healed, it also changes. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I I started to think about who you know who was who was and always had been team Sophie and mm-hmm. you know it brought me closer to you know other people so it it mm-hmm. attracted people into my life that maybe at the time or at the beginning were sort of you know just friendly acquaintances or or work colleagues mm-hmm. things like that but then very you know and and to this day are you know I'm their champion in their mind and it's wonderful and mm-hmm. I actually had a really uh, long-term school friend reached out to me so she knew what happened um, and she reached out to me and she said you know because we had known each other since we were 11 and she just said look yeah. I'm worried about you you're clearly not okay you're pretending you are but I know you're not because uh, I know you I'm gonna look after your cat for six months um, so you don't have to worry about him because um, he's my little my little boy um, and you're gonna go and stay with our friend um, in uh, who who at the time lived in Thailand. Um, and I was like, okay. She was like, pack your flat up, move out. I know you can do it. You're you've travelled a lot. You've done it before. I really think you should do this. I think it will be the best thing for you. Um, and I will support you. Um, and I think this was a text message. Um, <laughs> it was a lot in a text yes message. Yes, a text message that got you to move countries. Continent. Yeah, basically. Possibly yeah. hemispheres. I'm not sure. No, it's still the same hemisphere. Yeah, just, just about. Wow. Just about. Yeah, it's um on paper actually pretty wild, but I I it, just but not. but not. No, it made total sense and breaking out of my routine um where I was retracing what happened essentially 5 days a week, um breaking away from like the physical geography of of like the trauma going yeah. to a new place but with an old friend um yeah. so this friend of mine uh we're still friends to this day and whenever we connect it's like I get in her car and we start a conversation like we saw each other five minutes ago um yeah. we don't even need to say hi how are you it's just okay so anyway and yeah, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. exactly and it just made me no realize preamble. that <laughs> it made me realize that like there were people out there that loved me and that the people that told me negative mm-hmm. things about myself were were not to be believed, were not to be listened to. Yeah. And so the next step was actually just physically getting away. It was huge. Yeah. Like I quit my job. 
um, you know, which was going really well, um, at a really successful startup that is still, you know, doing amazingly. Um, I've been asked several times when applying for jobs, why did you leave at that point? Um, and I've not been, I've not really wanted to say why. Uh, so that's yeah. been interesting, but that's fair. you know, it was, so what, it was very, very healing. So you went there and I assume that was quite healing, but what about the attic that you mentioned before we came on? Yes. So <laughs> I assume that's the big one. Yeah. Where you got to the. Yeah. So <laughs> I think the attic analogy probably didn't come into play until uh, the pandemic. So yeah. all the while, so I kind of view my mind like an attic um, for, yeah. for folks who, who haven't heard and, you know, most of like the corners of it, you know, work, family, mm. you know, uh, hobbies, um, mm. nice memories, childhood, like most of it's actually pretty well organized at, at the point in my mm. life that I, I was. Um, yeah. But then there was this trunk, a little trunk called trauma um, that was yeah. in the in the dark corner and I thrown loads of coats on it some bin bags you know covered it up um yeah. put some boxes even around in a it way, while you were away from the situation and then coming back you were still piling stuff on it yeah so you got yeah. out of the routine but you were still avoiding the yeah. corner yeah just you know uh yeah sandbagging it quite literally um <laughs> yeah this is what people do with trauma it starts yeah. with a little plaster and then they yeah. layer it and layer it and layer it and layer it yeah mm. Uh, yeah, so I kind of just piled some, you know, some fisherman's pants like over over this trunk of trauma. Um, you know, learned to scuba dive, caught up with some friends from my old backpacking days that happened to be yep. floating around at the same time. It, it was All great. It was it was really yep. nice to spend time with people that knew me, just mm. that didn't know about what had happened and just knew yeah. me before I was. So but be- the started to feel like yourself again, but still yeah. avoiding. So how did you start unpacking it? Because, I mean, I think I'm going to end up saying this on every podcast. It's like a lot of people think it's lift the lid, Pandora's box, let's go. And it's not. So how did you start? Well, you realize there's so much like you've got to move the baggage that's around, that's built up around the trauma first, to be honest, to to kind of get to it. So, you know, how did it affect my relationships? Um, You know, um, you know, my relationship with a partner at the time, um, which completely disintegrated um uh but hey it happens um you know so healing sort of my my hurt from that um healing uh oh sorry at the time of the trauma oh my gosh yes okay sorry I thought you meant laterally yes oh my gosh hence my face was like oh wow okay yeah yeah um and then uh, you know he well, it's like a snowball of a snowball of a trauma right oh I mean, gotcha just, yeah it, wow okay gotcha yeah <laughs> it was huge it was huge yeah. um and then yeah unpacking you know unpacking all of that um and did you have help to start unpacking that did, was it a therapist or a, yeah what, who did you see yeah, you don't have so, to name them, but like what yeah, kind of- Yeah, I first started working with a psychodynamic therapist. So they tend to look at your past um, and how it affects your present. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at like relationships with parents, family, childhood, friends, things like that, starting at start and working forward. So yeah. 
that started in 2020, believe it or not, because um, yeah. I spent a lot of time. I, I lived alone in, in lockdown, uh, miles away from my family um, and my mates. Um, so I spent a lot of time on my own and I realised I was spending a lot of time in my own head and I couldn't ignore that trunk in the corner anymore. So started to... <laughs> yeah, I was like, right, I'm probably never going to get a better time to just dive in. Yeah, just... Yeah. So, you know, in between, uh, you know, working from home uh, as a as a tech recruiter um, for mm. a really lovely company, um, really loved working for them. Um, mm. You know, in my lunch breaks and in the evenings, I was having video mm. video sessions with my my therapist and unpacking all of this, all of this stuff yeah. and, and kind of healing and reframing the way I looked at all of the relationships and how they changed, um, yeah. which was huge. And benefited me so much and eventually I got to the Mm. point where I was like right and that happened this year I was like right let's open that trunk that whole process took three years laid it down yeah it's not quick it's not quick there's no quick fix and it can't be quick because we've put the barricades up so so cleverly Mm. that you know it it takes a bit of yeah there there is no lifting the lid on Pandora's box no (laughs) (laughs) I thought like I've got a strong mind and she'd yeah. be sneaky. Um, she'd oh, be yeah. Sneaky. <laughs> I used to get sick before sessions with Michelle Zelly. Mm-hmm. I think I've written this in there. Um, because my subconscious would know that we were about to address one of the weenie little layers. <laughs> and I would go and I wouldn't want to go. And then I'd go and I'd leave and I'd feel perfectly healthy after I left. <laughs> yeah, getting it out. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when I... she went all the way through all of the layers and you got to what I would call a core wound, you know, that, that event, Mm. did you find it was strangely smaller than you expected? Yeah. Yeah. I found it, it, you know, it was less like, I imagine like a big, you know, kind of old school, like big, like packing trunk. And it was more like maybe like a hat box. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, I think at the moment it's probably maybe like a little vanity case. Um, it's 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 still not perfect. Like I still mm. I still struggle some days. I still sometimes mm. I get so. Hopefully, I can swear. Fucking angry. Yeah. <laughs> like it just like well, it just comes up like you 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 know hit water, and it's like. Phew, um, I just oh god I get like it happened mm. to me um, when I was out with some friends like a couple of months ago um, mm. and something triggered me and I got so angry and like I reflect back on it and it was like I'd gone back to that wild hurt person in 2017 and and I freaked out and I was like I've got to leave like I've got to leave and call my therapist and you know I talked through it and I felt I felt the rage like leave, um, yeah. but every now and then you still hit on it, um, yeah. and you well, strike oil. And I would say I've healed my core wound, but there's a scar. Yeah. So I will trigger. Our suing room, I triggered on this last trip. I was so rude to her, out of character, over the top, angry mm. over something she said, which was said as a joke, and I just went. Whoa. And then it was actually somebody else going, "Ooh, hang on, that was like quite." And I went, "Oh, I know exactly what that was," and it was uh, triggered. Yeah. And thankfully, you know, Sue's been my friend for years and we talked it through. But it's that when you have those moments, it's being kind to yourself and kind of go, yeah. okay, something's up. I'm going to leave the situation. You did the right thing. You called for help. And then you talked it through, hopefully with kindness and compassion and forgave yourself for reacting yeah. like that. 
I'm yeah, like, and okay. it's it's hard, like because so being aware that that kind of uh, you know that mind body connection as well. Like it came all out, like it wasn't just in my mind; it was my entire body, yeah. like all over. You know, like I I had like chills and shivers, and um, you know, yeah, there's still a long way to go. Um, and I think as well sort of the next step I think to reducing the vanity case to a scar that I can then put some you know bio oil or I prefer <laughs> argan oil um on and <laughs> and start like. looking after something yeah. um you know is is probably accepting and this is what I'm working on at the moment in therapy yeah except like learning to love who I am now because I'm never yes. going to be who I was before um no. I'm never going to be completely that person um mm. you know I see I see rainbows and blue skies so much more than I used to um yeah. but there's still clouds there but I yeah you know, you know I'm just we'll eventually just get rid of the clouds and this mm. is going to sound a bit like and it's I did I learned mine in Dr John D Martini's breakthrough weekend which I do not recommend for everybody because it's full-on however he gets people to a point where they can see what the learning was and what the silver lining was in that traumatic event. And when you do eventually see that, and I'm sure you will, like you will have grown as a human for that mm. experience, When then the clouds just go. Yeah. And then it is something that's in the past that does and doesn't define you. Like it's it yeah. happened, but it's not, it's not having a victory over you. It's more like that happened and because of that I am this, that, and the other. Yeah. So like when people will say to me, oh gosh, your childhood trauma. It's like, but that's all my strength and my resilience and my determination. Yeah. yeah. At some point you may get there. Yeah. It showed me, I I had a lot of naivety about the world, um, even at the age of 27, Whatever. I think I was at yeah. the time. You know, I, I still had a lot of childlike naivety um, about the world, about people around me. Um, and I think it's just taught me to, not be less trusting and not be less open but just mm. understand that you know every everyone's got their own thing going on that advises how they react to you um and it's not your fault sometimes it's your problem not your fault. um but it's not your fault and I, yeah just it taught me how to take better care of myself because it became just, taking care of myself became a very proactive effort which it yeah. hadn't been before no and I think there's so many people who don't take care of themselves. No. And they don't and they don't address these traumas and they no. don't get through them and out the other side. And that impacts yeah. other people because you're not yeah. vibrating and with rainbows no. and blue skies. <laughs> and it does no. impact other people that way. Yeah. And, so and you, you know, were... I was that person for a while. Um yeah. I was really bloody hard to be around, um, you know, yeah. for a while. It wasn't Which my fault. Is okay. but yeah, you know, it wasn't my fault, but you know, fact is I was. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things actually to, and I think that was the thing with, I mean, I fell into the work. I actually went to see Michelle Zelli over career direction. Um, but I was so miserable in my twenties and thirties. And I think it's, if you realize that, like, I'm so unhappy, I'm not a joy to be around. I don't even like myself that it's like yeah. something needs to give. Yeah. So what would, if, if you were talking to someone now and you sense that they on the verge of taking a step what would you say like how would you encourage them or, or on your own reflection yeah that very first oh the scariest 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 thing um is saying I need help um and the bravest bravest thing you can do is say I need I help 
um, because I've always been a very independent person, um, always been very self-sufficient. Even as a child, uh, I'd, I'd yeah. entertain myself, um, you know, um, uh, learned to read at a very young age because it was something I could do on my own, loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, suddenly that that thing I'd always considered a strength was holding me back. So I had to learn a new strength, which yes. is asking for help. I am not all the way there yet. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still learning it uh, today, um, you know, uh, sort of many years on, like, I needed help uh, selling a TV this weekend. So I called a friend and I said, hey, I need help. And my hand picking up the phone was shaking. And I am in my 30s. I'm a grown ass woman trying to sell a TV on Facebook Marketplace and asking for help to get it shifted and sold made me shake with fear. You know, I'm still learning that. But I'd say Uh, the first thing is ask for help. I'm going to one up you. I'm going to one-up you on the asking for help. Um, (laughs) It took me until the end of last year, and I'm significantly older than you, (laughs) and it took me to the end of last year because I've also had to be independent and resilient and all of those things, and yeah. And nothing. What happened when you asked for help? Did people help or did they shut the door in your face? My friend went, yeah, of course. Um, I can come around in five minutes if if that's all right. Like it was just such a non-event. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Because it's totally normal to ask for help and it's okay. And if you surround yourself with the right people, when you ask for help, help will come. Um, You know, and if you ask for something, you know, you know, I've never, I don't think I've ever asked for, I think the biggest help anyone ever gave me was uh, my friend looking after uh, my, Mm. my cat, my, my boy Ollie for, for six months, Um, you know, and. Well, I'm sending you to Thailand. Yeah, yeah, and, and and my friend like being like, yeah, of course you can come stay. I run yeah. a hotel, like of course you can come stay with me. What? It's not even a question, you know. And I know what a life. We can have a whole other podcast talking about how amazing that is. No, but, no, um... no. Actually, sorry, I was wowing at the <laughs> the the divine timing that yeah she went a hotel that she of course gave you a room that there was no. Sophie needs us, we're here. So sometimes you don't even have to ask for the help. The help appears. It's like not turning it down. As yeah, well. if you have the right people in your life, because yeah. I'd focused a lot on the relationships in 2017 that weren't right for me and the help didn't come and I'd asked for help and my my requests would be unanswered uh, and they would be mocked because they weren't the right people in my life. But then... See, I think that's probably what your lesson was. Yeah, was that. I think so. I do, I do think that, um, for sure. Yeah, so selective. yeah, oh having, gosh. you know, Amazing. and then, you know, the gratitude, uh, that comes with uh, surrounding yourself with the right people and the joy of, of knowing that you've got the right people in your life. Um, and, mm. and then, you know, when you're better, you give back, um, and you support them and then, you know, you, you start to see more life rainbows. Joyous. Mm. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You if reclaim that joy. People- if people want to connect with you, is it LinkedIn? Is that the easiest or? Yeah. Um, so there's. Obviously link- say you, you heard this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you might find it a bit yes. odd. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Please do. Please do say you, you heard my podcast. Um, so LinkedIn, I'm, I'm taking as part of, you know, my ongoing healing journey. I'm taking a bit of a break from LinkedIn, mm. but if you pop a message, um, I'm just uh, Sophie Power, she, her, Ms um on that. on linkedin Miss. yep um there's actually loads of sophie powers where you know there's quite a few of us so um it's easy to spot but there me. aren't too um, many she her misses no there are not because i'm no. not miss 
because my title no. is not connected to my status with a man. <laughs> and that is a hill I will die on. Um, I know. Well, I'm with you on the Ms. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also Ms. Power. Like, oof. I love oof. it. There's a lot of strength in it. I, don't, I get annoyed when I get called Miss Collier because it's like it's actually incorrect. Because <laughs> mm. I'm divorced, it's my married name, so don't you dare. But it, yeah. yeah, it's it's quite funny. Names are important, though. They really matter. Yeah, yeah they really anyway, are. Um, so yeah, you, LinkedIn. Um, yeah. All of those. Sorry, I interrupted you. I'm so good at that. Um, <laughs> thank you just so much for just being vulnerable and open and just sharing your story. I'm so, so grateful for your time. Thanks, oh, Thank you for having me. And for anyone who listens, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to listen to my story. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Damage of Words. How brave, how vulnerable. All to inspire listeners like you to take a step or inspire others to take a step. Imagine what healing we could create if we normalise this conversation. So please pass this on and of course subscribe so we can do just that. Until next time, thank you.